0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 124 of TLDR Podcast. I am hosting for the first time in a while. Uh baseball season's finally over. Uh thankfully the boys kind of covered for me while we we're going through the postseason and the stretch run there in September. So I appreciate that. But I'm taking a break from, from, from baseball this week, which for some people is probably a relief. Uh, but we're gonna we're gonna dig into more basketball, more hockey, and more football, um, just like you guys want. Um, obviously, November. Still a very a very busy sports month. Uh, I know we don't talk a lot about soccer in the show, but the FIFA World Cup starts next week. Uh, what are your guys' excitement level with the World Cup this year? It being kind of in a different time of year than normal. Uh, James, kind of, what are what are your are you, are you super into World Cup? Are you kind of ambivalent? Like, kind of, what what are your thoughts on the World Cup this year?
1: Before uh, before I answer that question, I just want to ask you, Tyler, how do you pronounce where this is being held at? <sighs> I got this, <laughs> Qatar. Good job. I'm so proud of you. Nailed Last it. Last week we talked about it and you pronounced it as cutter, guys. Cutter.
0: I I heard that from some person, and obviously that person was wrong, but
1: <laughs> obviously. Qatar. Qatar. So wrong. Got it. Qatar. <laughs> Qatar it is. And uh I am very excited. I don't think I've ever been this excited for World Cup ever because I didn't care about it, but now I kind of do. Go USA. I'm I'm excited for it.
0: Nice um trading your your thoughts on the world cup you know obviously team usa is not historically done very well do you have another team you no. like rooting for do you just like watching it or like or do you hate world cup kind of where you're at no i i don't
2: hate the world cup at all i actually really enjoy it every every you know every four years um as you mentioned earlier it's at a weird time so usually we it already it would have happened uh you know i think it happens in the summers usually but um just a little bit different um timing and i i look i James did talk up the the roster on on the, on the USA side. I, I, am not bought in. So I'm kind of like, I'm kind of like, you know, I always go for United States. I always, obviously you want your country to win, but I know the inevitable will happen. So I'll just wait it out and find a team I like and I'll just go for them. It just happens every single, you know,
0: every single year for me, every single four years for me. Yeah, definitely. There's always that one feel good team you kind of want to root for. Right. Uh, Alex, World cup thoughts on that.
3: Yeah, um, Qatar is a interesting place, to put it mildly. Uh, I don't love that it's there because they've got some archaic uh, religious rules. Um, I don't love FIFA in general. <laughs> They're pretty corrupt. I am really excited about the World Cup. Um, I usually get super into it. Um, my goal every time is for the U.S. to just make it out of the group stage. And then when inevitably they lose their first uh, match or game or whatever, after the group stage, I typically just pick countries that I've been to before and root for them. That's my general game plan. Uh, it helps that I have lot, very fortunately been to a fair amount of European countries and they're generally like pretty good. uh, uh the men's team sucks, but the women's team uh, usually is pretty good. So you know, shout out to the U.S. women's soccer team because like they're legit most of the time. And if if I, I employed that logic, it. if I employed that logic, it'd be go Canada. <laughs> hey,
0: I mean, hey, you never know. never know. <laughs> you never know. You know, I guess it's gonna be fun, man. I I always like the World Cup. You know, I've it it, 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 it it I become a soccer fan once every four years. Uh, and it's definitely been it's been like I think five years since last time we had FIFA because of you know the whole COVID situation, uh, and the fact that it's kind of during this time of year is kind of cool too. I think that's just a little refreshing change of pace we got over the holidays should be fun. Um, so hopefully you guys uh, tune into that. Um, if not, we got other American sports that we're going to talk about. Uh, we're going to lead it off with James's fantasy football segment. Uh, it's great as always. This is this is the nitty gritty guys. It's 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 the stretch run. I think what we have three or four weeks left of the regular season for for uh, fantasy. So I know a lot of you guys are sitting on the edge, maybe just trying to fight for that playoff spot. And we got a lot of injuries. We got a lot of, you know, other things going on. So guys, make sure you pay attention. And uh, James, what do you got for us this week for fantasy football?
1: Notice as t- Tyler finally mentioned the word injuries for the first time all season long. All right, because Cooper up. Cup got injured. Bye-bye, Tyler. He is no longer in playoffs. Wow. We're going <laughs> uh, we to go over our fantasy league real fast before we go into wave wires. I lost, but I broke 100 for the first time in three weeks. So, congratulations, to me. Really? Trade one. Alex lost to Eric. And then uh, Tyler lost. Tyler is currently still in first place. Yeah. Trade and Eric are tied for second. I'm tied for fifth. And Alex is tied for ninth. Yeah. It's all falling apart, baby. All <laughs> falling. He's in rebuild mode, everybody. So, if you're listening and part of the league, he's going to sell his vets for, you know, draft picks. So, that's the thing. Teams so he's on a keeper by.
2: league. So, you, you, you could league. actually do something there.
1: Yeah, he could. He really could. Teams on by this week, Jacksonville Jaguars, Miami Dolphins, Seattle, not crack, see, C- Seahawks, Seattle, Seahawks, and Tampa Bay. Quarterback this week. I hit the last two weeks, guys, just so you know. Justin Fields, two weeks in a row. Solid picks. My pick this week, though, is Jimmy G. Probably not so solid, but you know, we're gonna go with it anyway. 46.6% rostered, 15.9 points against the Chargers, nine for 28, 240 yards, five carries for three yards, and a touchdown. Rushing. He's as consistent as they come. You're always going to get somewhere between 15 and 18 points, which is solid for this guy. Uh, His streak of throwing two touchdown passes came to end on Sunday, but he'll probably get right back on it because there's so many weapons in San Francisco. He has a lot of options to throw to, like I just mentioned, and he's very good in off-schedule plays because the offensive line isn't that good. Up next, they play Arizona. 28th against quarterbacks, allowing an average of 22 points, which Jimmy G will not get, but he might get 19, which is above his average, which is great. And there's a good chance that Kyle Shanahan will have to attack through the air because, to be honest, the Niners can't defend running quarterbacks. They will probably be losing for the majority of it until the very end when they win. Tyler, your thoughts on Jimmy G?
0: Yeah, you mentioned it. Um, I think Jimmy G, the, the, his biggest strength is his consistency. Since he's taken over that starting spot, he's pretty much averaged between 15 and 19 points kind of in that range, which for a fantasy quarterback, it's not it's not super high. You don't give that – you're not going to get a super boom uh, week from him. I mean, you might, but it's very unlikely – Um, But he's consistent. He's not going to probably get you anything under, you know, 14, 15 points. He's going to give you a a solid outing. So if you're in need for a quarterback, I think this guy is a
3: a very reliable option on the waiver wire. Uh, Us, what do you think? A quarterback should be scoring 20 points a week. Jimmy G has literally never done that once all season. He didn't even throw one touchdown pass last week. Look, to be fair, I don't like Jimmy Gene. I don't like the Niners. To also be fair, there's not a whole lot left on the waiver wire at this point of the season. If, if you're, you know, have somebody that's on a buy or somebody that's hurt or somebody that's underperforming, yeah, go get him. He'll get you 15 points. Um, if you want to go big, James, you ready for this one? Don't say that. Hi, your be. Washington Commanders. Hey, he had a great game. He beat the Eagles. I think we need to put that out there again. The Eagles lost. We love that, and <laughs> know who they're playing next week: the Houston Texans, the worst team in football. And scary Terry's a monster. Just putting that out there. Please. And the Eagles lost uh, just one more time. <laughs> That's also if you guys saw at the end of the game,
1: he was sitting in the plane with a bunch of Bush lottery. Yeah. when like his little plastic. Trash bag that was his cooler. <laughs> like
0: this guy's
3: awesome. This guy. man this of is the people. Wait,
0: why? Was that Heineke? Yep, man of the people. Why? Yeah. Why man the, the people? Why are the commanders flying from Philly back to DC? That's got to be like a twenty-minute flight. That's all I want because I, because they're yeah. not going
3: to ride a bus. They're a professional football team and they just know. beat the Eagles. Yeah, yeah dude. The they Eagles. they sh- they should don't get like a people. gold. They should get like a gold airplane. Just seems like a PJ. wasted
0: jet fuel. Whatever because their <laughs> owner's a super nice guy. Oh yeah. I forgot about that part. My bad.
1: <laughs> and also they beat the Eagles.
0: Yeah. yeah that's the best part. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Moving on to running back here, Isaiah Pacheco, Kansas City. Just so you guys know, I also hit on Kansas or uh, on my waiver wire pick last week. Jeff Wilson Jr., 20 plus points. You're welcome. This week, as like I said, Isaiah Pacheco, 23.1% rostered, 6.2 points against Jacksonville, which is not a lot. I get that. 16 for 82 yards at at 5.1 yards per rush, which is really, really good. He is operating as a clear number one back in Kansas City, which is a fantasy goldmine in recent years. CEH, the incumbent, had zero carries. Andy Reid still gave him the ball multiple times after he fumbled the ball, so that shows a lot of trust. And he's a big, bruising type of back, which is the complete opposite of CEH, which is, I think, what they've been missing the last couple of years. Up next, they put the Chargers 31st out of 32 teams against running backs. The running backs of the team. The Chiefs should be up big, so I'm assuming that the they're gonna run the ball, you know, as a Pacheco's gonna get a lot of workload. Tyler, your
0: thoughts? Yeah, on paper, I think this matchup is 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 pretty solid. I think I think he's uh a definitely a, a good pickup to put in if you're looking for running back. Uh, this time of year, man, it, it's hard. It, I don't think any running backs really pop out of you to be like, oh, I need to start this guy. But, I mean, for, for what we have left, we're, we're scraping the bottom of the barrel when it comes to running backs this time of year. But um, I like Pacheco mainly just for the matchup, as you mentioned. I I, I think he's going to put up some pretty solid numbers against the, the Chargers.
1: Chayden, your thoughts?
2: Look, this, this week's tough. I mean, I, I think that, James, I think that you nailed the nailed the right guy for the week. Although I will say I think there's opportunity to stash players that are on by that would otherwise be available now. If you have the space on your roster to to pick up a guy on by, I know that I know that doesn't always work. But if 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 you if you're looking ahead and maybe being a little bit proactive, um, I would look at uh, Rashad White um, in uh, in Tampa Bay. Uh, um, I know, uh, look, you might, you, you could say you could pick him up next week. I don't know where he's going to be at. He's like at the 35% range. If everybody sees what's kind of going on with Leonard Fournette, we don't know where he's going to be. That's a guy you pick up. Um, also if, if you, if you have the the space, you could look at, um, you could look at, um, Gus Edwards. It seems like when he is brought into the game and, and playing, he is the number one running back for the, for the Baltimore Ravens. Both of these guys are on by, so don't take my pick for this week, clearly, but but if those guys are going to be hot commodities over the next week, just simply because you know people are looking to looking ahead, take them now while you can.
1: I love that Rashad White pick. He is going to be the number one back in Tampa Bay. I don't know how much they're going to run the ball, but I mean the fact of the matter is he's going to be the number one back. So good pick. Moving on to wide receiver, I got Christian Watson out of Green Bay. Five point eight percent rostered. Thirty-two point seven points against Dallas. Four receptions on eight targets for 107 yards and three touchdowns. It could have been four, but he dropped it. Yes, I know. I had Romeo Dobbs a couple of weeks ago, who is another Green Bay wide receiver, but he got hurt. And this is why I'm picking Christian Watson. There are pretty much no serviceable uh, wide receivers in Green Bay, except for Christian Watson. He's a second round pick. He has high draft capital. They're going to use him. Then they're going to have to because they have nobody else. Rogers loves to throw the deep ball. And he's the recipient of pretty much all of them. He is very, very fast. He does have some drops. So, I mean, that's the biggest issue there. But if he catches one of those balls, that is a home run ball that will get you at least 12 points. You know it's going to happen. He got targeted eight times last game, which is a decent amount. Up next, they play Tennessee, 30th against wide receivers, which allow an average of 25 points per game to the wide receiver one of the opposing team. Green Bay needs to win every single game from this point forward if they want to be in contention for anything. Alex, your thoughts?
3: Yeah, I don't love that they play Thursday night. Um, I don't know why. That always kind of scares me with fantasy things. I kind of like to not start people that uh, play on Thursday. But, yeah, with Watson, you nailed it. Um, you know, second-round second pick, you know, that's high draft capital. He was a 4-3 guy uh, in the with his speed, and he had a hammy issue. So, like, you know, that will sap some of his speed. It seems to be getting much healthier. He kind of seemed to be kind of like the heir apparent to Devontae when after he left. Uh, you obviously can't expect him to perform like he did last week. He's not going to get three touchdowns again. But just like you mentioned, you know, a, a defense they're playing is not great against the wide receivers. You still have Aaron Rodgers, who's you know, is whatever he is now. But um, if you're really looking for somebody, this is a this is a good, good, good choice.
1: Tyler, what do you hate Christian Watson?
3: I actually don't hate Christian Watson. I think he's
0: this great choice. And when it come, like as you mentioned, lost Cooper cup uh, potentially for the rest of the season, we'll see. So I'm in desperate need for some running backs or some, for some wide receivers that can pick up the slack. Um, I, I like that pick. Another pick to consider if, if he's taken or if someone else uh, takes him for you. Uh, Paris Campbell of the Indiana Indianapolis Colts. Uh, he's 23% rostered. This dude is very boomer bust. He's had some really good weeks some really shit weeks. Um, but the, the, the his most current week, he put up twenty point six points uh with 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 Matt Ryan back under center with the with with the new uh head coach, which seems to invigorate a little bit of life back in in, in into that Colts team. I'm banking on that. And then he's gonna have some impact on, on, on Campbell and Ryan the, the the rest of the season. Um I'm thinking I he's a very solid option there. Uh if you if uh Watson is not available, but Watson's definitely the, the better option.
1: I don't love that pick, but I also don't hate that pick. So yeah good stuff last but not least tight end (laughs) Cole Komet guys Cole Komet out of Chicago little story here I have one of my leagues called the fun league it's not that fun anymore because I'm losing terribly but my opponent decided to play Travis Kelsey which is great you know and then also Cole Komet who puts in a second tight end in their flex spot and Cole Komet that makes he actually sense. had Travis Kelsey in the flex spot. That's the mo- that's the funniest thing about it. <laughs> I mean, the fact back- of the matter is he played two tight ends, Travis Kelsey, and then freaking Cole Komet when he had DK Metcalf on the bench. Who in their right mind plays Cole Komet over DK Metcalf? Super weird. He's a time traveler is what I've concluded. Anyway, <laughs> back to it. Cole Komet, 38.8% rostered, 23.4 points against Detroit, four for seven, 74 yards, and two touchdowns. He put up a combined 45 points in the last two weeks, guys. That's huge. And in those, he had two, two touchdowns. I talked about Justin Fields the last two weeks. You guys know this. And about his progression and how he's being better as a quarterback, throwing the ball. And then teams are really fearing his running ability, which leaves a lot of people or a lot of the receivers to run free, namely Colt Men. He's open a lot. And now Fields is finally finding him because he's becoming an adequate quarterback. Amazing last year he had 100 plus targets on the season which is great and it's finally looking like he's back on track up next he plays atlanta dude trading i mean
2: it's it's quite amazing to see what this guy's done in the last two weeks i mean his his target his target numbers have have kind of you know went pretty sky uh sky high in the last couple weeks i mean he got targeted six times um uh, in week nine seven times last week um he had been on the field for about 83 percent of all snaps since week one and it seems like he's not going off the field for any snap uh, from here on out because i think that there's been maybe a little bit of, of a connection between justin fields and uh cole commit look justin fields yeah he is getting better but he's still not a thrower. We don't consider him a big thrower, and those types of quarterbacks feed and live off the off the guys that can move the chains and score touchdowns. Cole Komet is finding his way to be that guy, um, and in that case, for 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 a guy that you know, for a guy like Justin Fields that's just trying to continue to feel out the game and continue to improve, he found his security blanket in Kolkomet in my opinion. And um, no, he's not going to score, you know, one and a half touchdown. He's not based for like a one and a half touchdowns a week. He's not going to score two touchdowns a week. He's not, but he, any red zone opportunity, he, he's going to be a huge viable option. I mean, this is a guy that I think can continue to, to be, to, to clip, you know, 10, 12 points a week for the rest of the season.
1: Wow. And that's really good for a tight end. Tyler, do you hate Kolkomet or do you love Kolkomet?
0: I hate Cole Komet uh, <laughs> just, just because, just because you do James and I'm I'm just on the bandwagon with you. But uh, <laughs> let, let's, let's look at another tight end out there that some people might be overlooking right now. Uh, Juan or Juwan Johnson out of the new Orleans. Did you almost say Juan? You I almost, almost said, Juan. said Juan. I came very close to saying Juan, Juan Johnson. <laughs> Juan Johnson, very close to Juan. Uh, he's 8.2% rostered. Uh, uh not not a great first part of the season but if you look at his recent recent weeks the last 4 weeks he's averaged 12.8 points or yeah, uh 12.8 points uh four touchdowns in those last 4 weeks uh so he's definitely a a, a target there in the red zone which means more points for you for, for 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 fantasy and the Saints are playing the Rams who suck donkey ass so like it's a really good matchup might as well pick him up go for it Juwan Johnson not Juan Johnson
1: <laughs> thank you thanks for listening guys that's, my weird <laughs> that's <all you're> gonna weird <laughs> like. oh
0: man that's it love it so hopefully you guys are fans season is going well if it's not sucks suck um we are going to take off our cleats and put on our skates because when we come back we're hitting the ice with Traden's nhl segment Welcome back, everybody. Traden is back with his NHL segment. We're talking the biggest storylines from the NHL. Trading, take it away. Yes, sir. Um, nothing,
2: nothing short of uh, craziness in the NHL um, between the New Jersey Devils, seemingly unable to lose. Uh, some teams like the Pit- like Pittsburgh Penguins are slipping. Um, you know, in the, in the um, I, 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 St. Louis hasn't seemed to, to find a way in uh, it. Quite an interesting uh, season so far, but we're going to start with uh, some fantasy stuff. Um, I was an idiot this week already and forgot to set my lineup for yesterday. So I'm already <laughs> fucked. <laughs>
3: um,
2: and and uh, Alex, you won last week. Um, I won last week. James is three losses in a row and Ooh. Tyler is four losses in a row. Uh, Tyler's <laughs> won four. So he's fucked. Yes. <laughs> Safe to say. Um, the other big thing that we got to focus on is the in season Stanley Cup. Holy oh, shit, uh, Alex, you not got to eat. make it stop! You have you are sitting with 26 as of last night, and right now you are eight minutes away from yet another couple days with the cup. Um, so far, the Jersey Devils are the MVP
3: of this. This, in-season
2: yeah. So Stanley. here's the crazy thing, guys. Um, I distinctly remember when we were getting to the seventh and eighth round, so the eighth round is where the New Jersey Devils went. Alex had the first pick in that round. His eyes rolled so fucking bad for this team. He's like, I guess I'll fucking take the New Jersey Devils. And they have done nothing but give him everything for this entire pool. Uh, The New Jersey Devils are seemingly the real deal. I mean, I don't know if you guys have seen him play, but oh my God, they are, I don't think it's a fluke, guys. They are, they are legit. I've watched this game all throughout. They are a legit hockey team from, from the net out. Um, and that, and that's, and that's scary if you're, if you're in that division, because I think the Metro is completely bonkers right now. Um, uh, but that we'll leave that for another week. Uh, maybe, maybe once the New Jersey devils lose, we'll start talking about them. Um, I don't want to fuck up their, uh, their, their mojo. Um, we're going to talk about the Atlantic today. Or, I'm sorry, the Pacific today, guys. Um, naming namingly, we're going to talk about the top team from last year um uh, in the division, which was the Calgary Flames. Now, have you guys as you guys all remember, uh, uh Calgary went through a, a little bit of a shocking offseason as Matthew Kachuk in a matter of a week. Um and both of them went there went to two different teams um in two different divisions on the East. And they uh and Calgary in return um got back Jonathan Huberdeau, uh, and they got back uh, Mackenzie Weegar, and then they also signed Nazem Kadri. So at the time when both of these, both of those players were on their way out, it, within that week, I said, "Oh my God, the the Pacific is completely different than it used to be." I don't think the Calgary Flames are anything now. I think they're screwed. Fast forward a month or two later, and all of a sudden they signed Nazem Kadri along with uh, along with an eight year deal with Jonathan Huberdeau after that trade, and uh, Mackenzie Weegar, and all of a sudden I'm like, "Oh fuck." we're all fucked. Calgary is even probably better than they were last year. And so far I have been an absolute fucking idiot. Um, the Calgary flames are struggling. Um, right now they're seven, six, and two, uh, with 16 points, they're fifth in the Pacific division. They did pick up a a nice win against the Kings. Um, unfortunately for, for our two Kings fans, but nonetheless, um, the Kings were on a pretty good terror. So I guess they needed to be, uh, they were due for a loss probably but a 5 to 6 game is i mean you know it's uh, it's definitely not a game the coaches like i'll tell you that <laughs> so um uh, it just seemed like it was a it was a track meet in that one um so just to give you guys some insight uh the goaltending has been a problem um the 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 players on that team that br- were brought in seem to be struggling um and you know it, 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 it's just a question of is this team going to figure it out um i'm going to ask you you're kind of our goalie guy um jacob markstrom vesna trophy finalist last year uh made it to the obviously made it to the um, division finals um against the oilers last year um and their backup um i won't talk too much about him he's only played three games but I'm really going to focus on Markstrom. But as a team, they have a 0.887 save percentage, Markstrom with a 0.889 and above 90%. So, I mean, like most of their goals are obviously coming in the power play, but nonetheless, um, this team is well below league average in terms of goaltending. <laughs> are you worried about Markstrom down the stretch, or do you think that this is a guy that, you know, he's a, he's a Vezina Trophy winner, he's or a Trophy finalist, he's going to figure it out and the Flames are going to be fine?
1: I, I am not that worried about him at all. Um, mainly because of his, you know, his body of work has been great. And the majority of those goals and his terrible save percentage came during that seven-game stretch where they lost every single game. And it's like whatever could go wrong, did go wrong. Everything happened like in the worst way possible. Stuff goes your way usually. It's like a 50-50 split, because that's how life works. But not for the flames. It was like everything bad. The puck went the wrong direction. People slipped, people got injured, everything happened, boom, 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 all bad things. I think they've broken out of that slump. And I think that part of the reason why everything was so bad to begin with is because they had a huge culture change. Your two leaders are now gone. And so when you go through a slump like that, who do you have to rely on? And I feel like Huberto, who is a natural-born leader, felt like it wasn't his spot to claim because he had just been there a couple of months. But now stepping into it and becoming more of his natural leader self, you're seeing better progression you're seeing a, a now two game win streak it's them finding their identity within the team and finding the captainship and finding who the voices are within the locker room outside of daryl Sutter and putting that together and getting out of that slump where everything that went wrong like everything could have gone wrong went wrong i think they're gonna be okay at the end you guys forget they started they started off the reno had a three game win streak to begin the season then everything went to shit and then now they're back to they have a two game win streak now Like. It's a, it's the beginning of the season. It's okay. The Flames are a decent team, had, led by a really really good coach who has a great work. I think This team and Marks, they, they both find their skates. Will be fine.
2: I'm glad you brought you and Tyler both have had Daryl Sutter behind your bench as as Kings fans. Um, I mean, we know we know the results there. Um, he 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 has a different philosophy than the new age coach. He's an old age coach. He plays, you know, uh, more of a conservative type of game. Um, You, you bust your ass um, a little bit more of a, of a physical style, not a running gun style. Well, Jonathan Huberto and Mackenzie Weger both came from Florida, Florida, as we'd remember was a running gun team. They, they, uh, they, they played that, they played that style where, you know, they came back from every single game. It was a running gun style that they just, they, they were, they were free to do whatever they wanted and they were scoring at a crazy clip. Do you, or do you worry about now? I mean, obviously you're seeing it um, you're seeing it now, you know, the first um, uh, 15 games or so Uh, do you worry that Jonathan Huberto and Mackenzie Weig are going to take too long to get accustomed to a completely different style?
3: Yeah. I mean, look, D sets is not like an easy guy to play for, for sure. Um, I mean, he's a, He's a farmer boy from Alberta or wherever the fuck he's from. And like, yeah, he's not a new age guy. Um, I you know, that's a lot of turnover. Like, I, I don't think anyone was really expecting them to be elite, elite right away. Um, and yeah, Suts, like his game plan is physical, hard, good defense, not a ton of scoring. I mean, we saw that with the Kings in their two cups cup runs, a lot of two, one, a lot of three, two games. I think they will figure it out. I think um, it it will take some time to kind of gel with what's going on there. Again, ton of turnover on that team. You pretty much lost your two stars and gained two different stars. So, like, it's going to take some time. Um, I just think Sutter, like, has too much of a body of work. He's, you know, obviously a very accomplished coach that it will come together at some point. A little hope, like, the bottom of the – you've got some teams to beat up on, um, but it is not as – uh, bottom heavy as we potentially maybe thought it was coming into the season. So that could also be a little bit of an issue, but I, I still think they will, they will figure it out. Um, but I don't, it, it might take a little bit more time than we were expecting.
2: Yeah. Um, th- th- that's a pretty significant change in terms of the, of, of the, of the style of play. I mean, Jonathan Huberto is, is widely considered one of the best passers in the game. Um, he, he's an all around point getter. Uh, what Kenzie is a very solid, um, defenseman. And right now, I mean, who has seven points in 12 games that, that, that is surprising to me. I would have expected a bit more. Um, Nazem Khadri is at the, as, a, as at the top of the scoring, um, you know, scoring leaderboard. This is a second line center. I mean, <laughs> it's a, I know he had a great season last year and he's having a great season now, but no one would have expected a 32 year old Nazem Kadri who, who signed with the Calgary flames last minute to be leading his team in, in points, um, especially a team that was very formidable last year, and Al, uh, so Tyler, with with all this going on, I mean the King, the Kings are looking much better um, in the last you know bit here, uh, besides the game that they lost. But again, a five to six game track meet, I don't really, you know, I, I don't really put too much uh, stock into that. Seattle's finding their goaltending. Seattle's finding their goal scoring. I'm not saying Seattle's gonna run the table, but nonetheless, they're a team that you that Calgary has to jump over. Edmonton may finally be figuring something out. I I don't know. They're kind of in a in a weird uh, slump right now. Uh, Minnesota might might be able to turn it around. I mean, in terms of and Vegas obviously is elite. We know that Vegas is elite, so it's not the you're not in Kansas anymore where Vegas sucks. Calgary's the the guy. Where does Calgary
0: fit in the standings three months from now? I honestly think that Calgary will find themselves in one of those top three spots uh, in the Pacific, in in, in the Pacific. I'm not a hundred percent sold on Seattle yet. Um, I feel like they're a great story and I I want Seattle to do well, but I'm just not there yet to really trust them as a true contender in in that division. I think it's going to be really between, you know, Calgary Edmonton and, and L.A., kind of in 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 that in that um Pacific uh division kind of similar to kind of what we saw last year. Um obviously, you know, Calgary kind of took away there towards the end but um those those three teams in the mix are really going to be vying for those those uh two three spots in the in the Pacific. As you mentioned, Vegas is is looking like far and away the the top dog in in, in the Pacific. Um yeah, I mean so for me like I think Calgary's hope is that, you know, it, it's just a lot of changes as, as as the other guys mentioned. It's just a lot to adjust to. And I think they're trying to adjust it as they're going through a season. I think these, these growing pains are kind of a little bit expected. Obviously, you're pay, playing in a huge of huge passion hockey town like Calgary. So, you know, every little mistake, every little losing streak is 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 inflated to, to a huge deal. Huberto's got to be better. Um, I think it'll take time, but he he will adjust to Daryl Sutter's system. He's, it's very different. Like it's such a different. It's not like he came from a similar system and, and going. It's like it's a night and day. Uh, so you got to kind of let him figure it out a little bit and th- this whole team. But I feel like they're going to be fine. I expect them to be a uh, top three uh, division team when it's all said and done. Yeah, I mean, uh, the last two games have kind of put him in a position where. Then that
2: could happen. Um, their five on five numbers actually look fine, guys. They're expected goals for above the league average. Uh, expected goals against under. So they're getting the defense. They're getting the possession numbers. They're just not getting a save. And and um and their top dogs aren't getting it done. And um and and you, you need your top guys and goaltending to to get you far. But you know, I think I think I agree with you. Mo- for the, uh, with with you guys, I think the is going to be fine. It's just the 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 more you let this kind of continue without actually finding your way it makes it just harder to get back into it and um, we don't know where minnesota is going to end up we don't know where seattle is going to end up um and i don't know where la is going to end up i mean la has a streakiness to them that just kind of scares me i mean they can they can rattle off five wins in a row and all of a sudden boom they're they make the wild card so um it'll be interesting to follow that at least the pacific sucks so you you have that uh, they have that going for them um but let's move to the let's move to the let's move to socal um, I want to talk about the SoCal teams because they mean a lot to, to you guys here on the podcast. Um, they mean a lot to me because they're in my division and I have and I keep tabs on I keep tabs on those teams. Um let's start with let's start with, with uh, LA. Um guys, LA is six, three, and one their last 10. They did not have the greatest start, but they have looked a lot better in their last 10, clearly. Um they, their, their goal differential is 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 something that needs to be addressed, but nonetheless. Here we are. They're kind of in a same boat, I think, as uh, as Calgary, in this. In, at least on the goaltending side. The goaltending has been your biggest fucking problem. Alex, what the fuck is with your goaltending?
3: Dude, I don't know. Uh, Cal Peterson was supposed to be the guy to kind of take over for Quickie. Uh, and it kind of looked like that last year. It was sort of that time where they were going to do a little 50-50 split. And Cal was the better goaltender last year. And then for whatever has happened this year, Quickie's just like, nah, man, I'm not done. He seems to be the better goaltender and kind of the guy you want to ride right now. And when Peterson starts, there seems to be a lot of like four or five, six goals against sort of games. Um, so they, yeah, they got to figure that out. Um, luckily for the Kings, they still have one of the best uh, farm systems and could potentially uh you know do something about that coming up uh as the season goes along but um yeah they they got to figure that out their defense has also not been great which you know has helped the goaltending. um but overall like it's a pretty good start for the kings like i
2: said goaltending is your biggest problem i mean 0. 0.8 0. 0.887 team save percentage 8.895 from quick and at 867 from Cal Peterson, like woof. Uh, uh Tyler, you know, I but you got your shooting percentage is obviously great. Kevin Fiala has stepped in and been fantastic. Um, Gabriel Villardi been quite fantastic, Andre Copertar as always. But you're getting a lot of these young guys coming in and, and kind of stepping up. I mean, how do you feel about your team here and and are you very much expecting a wild card berth at the
0: very least? Hundred percent. Um, I, I I really like what I see from the Kings from the from the scoring side. As you mentioned, we add a lot of depth. We don't just have like one line that's going to get it done. We have two, even three lines um, that get it done. One a, a, a huge guy on the Kings that not a lot of people talk about. You know, is uh, Trevor Moore. I love that kid, man. He 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 puts up some good points. I think he's third in the team in assists right now. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he's killing it, man. He, he's a guy I love watching play. He, he, he skates hard. Um, like I said, he, he's not the flashiest guy. He's not going to live scoreboard. He's, he, he's not the Kempe, the Kopitars, the, the Fialas, but, um, I love watching that guy play. And, and it's those pieces you know, the Sean Dursey's, uh, the, uh, uh the Arthur Kelly that really, for me, give me, uh, um, hope for this team that this it's just that depth scoring, that the Kings, you know, when they were kind of rebuilding, didn't really have. And when they're, when, when they're winning cups that that that's what they had. Um, and there's like two or three other guys that haven't even mentioned yet that that could be, they mentioned. Um, so I like where this team is offensively. I think they've got a lot of weapons. All the young players seem to be taking a step forward. Um, we even got guys that are on the injury list right now that haven't even come back yet. So um, as, as I was mentioned, we could, we could, we got the young farm system. So on that part of the, on that part of the game, I think the Kings are doing very well. Just keep that up. But yeah, goaltending um, needs to be addressed um, whether it's within or, or from outside, but offensively, the Kings are looking great. The best I think we've ever seen them, honestly, in my lifetime. Yeah. I mean, I I think, I think they're looking, I think
2: they're looking great. Um, I, and I would not be shocked if, you know, down the road, if there's a, if there's a young, young stud goaltender that is not fitting that can't fit within a cap er, Situation or a team that's looking to, to off offset some players or offset a goaltender because of cap issues. I, I don't I don't see how the Kings don't make a move there. I mean, I I you know, I, I think it's time. I think it's time to find someone that's going to replace Jonathan Quick. I think the time is I think the time is coming if, if it hasn't already come. Um, Quinton Byfield needs to find his way. I mean, that's, that's my thing. I think that's my biggest thing for the, for the the Kings long-term is Quentin Byfield clearly is not what we expected him to be. Um, and that seems to be a problem, um, but everyone else is stepping up. So that, that helps moving down the freeway to the Anaheim ducks. James does not want to talk about the Anaheim ducks. Um, the Anaheim ducks are, are really, really struggling this season so far uh, to sit, to say it lightly. Uh, you know, they, they made some quite interesting moves in the offseason. They they traded away a lot of players to to really kind of dig into the um the young crowd. James, just quickly, how are you feeling about the Anon Ducks?
1: I am no longer watching Ducks games. Unless they're live in person where I can go get drunk. Like you did on Saturday. Fun fact. Right. Trade got buckled to the point where he started verbal fights with pretty much everybody around him. Uh-oh. It was hilarious. And then he passed out. Good times. But yeah, that's the only way I'm gonna watch a Ducks game. They are terrible. Fire Dallas Eakins. Show me you're doing something. He may not deserve it, but I mean, right now I don't care. Like this entire team is garbage. Bye bye. Right.
2: No, I, I, you know, look, um, I, I have a bit to say about the Anaheim Ducks. I actually, over the next four years, and I know that you're. Not everyone is the fan that kind of looks forward that really entrenches in their team and, and, and looks forward for at least some sort of bright light. But if you, but if you want your bright light, your bright light is this. Uh, Pat Verbeek is, is the new GM, obviously. Um, he came in and did not do, he, he did not completely change the, you know, the coaching staff. He, he, he wanted to give it, he wanted to give the coaching staff that was there a chance with the, with the team that he had, because I think he had, he has that respect for for Dallas Eakins. Nonetheless, Dallas Eakins is is on his way out. If it's not within the next couple months, it's by the end of the season. I mean that 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 is for sure. I I promise you that. Uh, and and, if, and well, it should be because Dallas Eakins has had two chances to to bring any type of players, bring the best out of any type um, two types of teams. Now they've had he did it in Edmonton and he tried to do it in Anaheim and it seemed, doesn't seem to happen. However, Pat Verbeek guys was the assistant general manager for Steve Iserman in Tampa and in Detroit. In Tampa, uh, between 2010 and 2018, uh, that's where Steve Iserman was um, w- was a GM for for Tampa Bay. He ushered in what now is the greatest team that we've seen in re- in recent history. He's turned around, went to Detroit, and we've seen what happens with Detroit in the last three years. And he, he he's it's a slow burn, but the guy, but but Pat Verbeek was under his wing the entire step of the way, and Pat Verbeek is that guy that is going to take what he's learned and and bring it to and bring it to anaheim look at the young guys we have in detroit we got uh max comtois we got jamie drysdale you got uh trevor zegris you got uh troy terry is still 25 years old he still has a few years in him um uh i mean the list goes on and it's not going to be quick it's not going to be fast but i but i assure you Pat Verbeek knows what he's doing. He's he's learned a lot from his time in Tampa Bay. He's learned from a lot from his time in, in Detroit. And if if I, I know anything, look at what Tampa, look at what, what Iserman left into being what we know as Victor Hedman until five or six years later. Like we didn't know about Victor Hedman early on. And now all of a sudden it's like, okay, it's Victor Hedman, like one of the greatest defensemen I've ever played a game. Uh, uh that that's what I look for in in Drysdale it's it's still early but look Drysdale has all that runway um the pedigree that fat Pat Verbeek has in the league what he has in uh you know in in terms of everything that he's done historically I I think that the ducks and the Kings are going to be just as formidable as they were but in the you know in that 2010s era because we've remembered that the ducks were elite guys for, and the Kings fans down there can agree. You guys remember how elite that ducks team was back in the day. And I would not be shocked if in four or five years, the ducks and the Kings are at the top of the Pacific division, because by that time, according to James, uh, Connor McDavid will be out of the Pacific division. Um, Calgary will be shit. And Vancouver, we never, Vancouver is never going to be good. And then Vegas is finally going to reap what they sown for the past five years. So um i have a lot of hope and not i guess hope is not i have i guess i have a lot of worry um over the next 3 to f- uh, 3 to 5 years that both of these teams are going to find their way really find their way and be the elite elite teams that we remember them being in the 2010s um james and all fans of, of the ducks i think you guys just need to hang on and it's and i know it's tough just just hang on uh and with that we're going to go and talk about um, the uh, reverse retros in the Atlantic division. Um and let me bring that up for you guys. I does ever did everybody uh, get a chance to look at the reverse retros this time? James, did yep. you find the right ones this time?
1: No, dude. I stopped looking. I do it, time, oh, I did this live, bro. On the spot.
2: It. I like that. I like that. You guys see what I got? Let's start with the Boston Bruins. Boston Bruins, first team in the Atlantic division. My computer is extremely slow. I, I apologize. Ooh, this isn't the right one. That is the okay. Boston Bruins have brought back the Pooh Bear jersey. So, <laughs> this they call it the Pooh Bear. Uh, they, I, I believe it debuted in 1995, uh, but it pays homage to you know to that jersey back in 1995. Sorry, my, my Twitter's uh, this little Twitter feed is supposed to flip through, but it's taken a little bit um as you can see that the Bruins have went with an actual bear on their on their jersey um and it has kind of a, a paint like it looks like it's been kind of painted and uh, according to the quote-unquote legend that it is it is actually based on a a painting of a bear of in in some upper up, um, upper executive's office um and it and it resembles what they were what, what they were donning in between 1995 and 2006 um they just turned it white um just really, uh, uh, just really quick, is inspired by their 1995, you know, third jersey, and like I said, it, uh, that legend of the, uh, of the bear head, um, lives on, and and the fans seem to love it, and the and the players really seem to love it. But how much do we love it, James? What's your thoughts on the Boston Bruins Pooh Bear jersey?
1: I actually like this, uh, this drawing, this animation, way more than the jersey we went over last week. I don't remember what it was. I just remember last week being dumb. Do you guys remember?
2: Uh um I'm talking about
3: the uh the predators.
1: Oh oh Minnesota's maybe or
2: Nashville's
0: Nashville's.
1: No, the Predators. The Predators was doo-doo. This one was way better. I like I like this. The bear is phenomenal. Pooh bear, I like it. I just don't like the bottom eighth of it, like the the brown and the gold yeah. at the bottom. I'm not a huge fan of that at all. Uh but I do like the sides of it and I like the color scheme is obviously like decent. Uh, I'm going to give this a six, Six,
2: five, five. All right. I like that. I like that. Uh, Tyler, what are your thoughts on Pooh Bear?
0: I like that you call it Pooh Bear. Um, I think close up, it's cool. But I think on the ice, it just looks like a, you know, more poo than bear. (laughs) It's kind of this brown blob on the center (laughs) of their chest. Um, So for me, that's kind of brings down a little bit. Like I said, yeah, you zoom up on it, beautiful, beautiful, nice, uh, cartoon bear right there. Uh, but I don't know, just from a distance, it doesn't really pop for me, which I think you know, for for us nosebleed fans like myself, uh, doesn't really work them that, that that well. Um, so I mean, it's solid. Don't hate the color scheme. I think the cool little like zigzag pattern actually the bottom actually kind of like that. Um, but so I'm gonna give this a five three. I think it's 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 okay. I don't hate it, but i think i think the, the the logo just on a hockey jersey just doesn't quite work for me all right uh so a little more poo than bear i like it uh alex what do you got on this
2: one
3: but <laughs> i i like this one um i like that the players like it i feel like that's kind of the first thing we've heard about players really like speaking out about mm-hmm. it uh with yeah. Marshand and his nose um <laughs> But I like, so if you compare it to the previous one, I like the brown against the white and instead of the brown against like the gold. I think the brown of the bear kind of pops better against the white. Uh, But Tyler, see what you're saying? Like when you're on the ice, then it kind of just molds into like this brown sort of like circular looking thing. Uh, But like on this model and when they're just sitting there, like it looks pretty good. Um, I I like it. I'll give it like a 6.8. 6.8, Six point eight. All right. All right. Um, I actually really like it. I just, I,
2: um, I, I just think of the of the history behind it. Um, the Bruins are very storied. Um, and this is the only time that they've really kind of come out of their comfort zone with a with a jersey in you know in, in a big way. And they finally take an actual, you know, what their mascot is, and it's a Bruin. It's a bear. Um, so I'm gonna actually give this a seven point two personally. I just, I, I, I like because it's actually. A bit different than the normal, just standard B that we've seen for decades and decades and centuries. Um, so that's where we're at there. So moving, right? Centuries. No, seriously Centuries. <laughs> it's been a hundred years.
1: Century.
3: That's one century. Yeah, well, there centuries. centuries. centuries <laughs> moving on
2: to the Buffalo <laughs> Sabres. The Buffalo Sabres have brought their very, very well loved uh, uh, Buffalo head back um and and here's what we got we got it in know in in the same color scheme as what they have now as you can see um it you know like i said it's based off of their original um uh jersey back from 1996 to 2000 where it had the buffalo head just not the red white and um black that we that we remember it um nonetheless here we are um the problem that i initially had is they wore white pants with this and god it was fucking terrible Mm. so um that's gonna that's gonna play into my (laughs) my ratings uh alex what do you got on the new buffalo sabers reverse retro
3: dude i love this jersey this is what they mean by reverse retro it's a retro jersey like the one you showed us that was black and red and they're literally reversing the colors reverse (laughs) retro like they're doing what they were told i like this one (laughs) The only thing that is like a little silly is obviously it's a Buffalo on the front and they're not the Buffaloes. They're just, the team is just based in Buffalo. Like there are sabers. Also, they call this like the, the goat Jersey or whatever it's called. Yeah. The goat head, the goat head Go jersey, but it's not a goat. And I hate that people call it that because that's stupid. Hmm. I'm ignoring those facts. I do really like this one. I think it's clean. I think the yellow outline makes the Buffalo pop which is different than what we just saw in that Bruins one. Um, so I'm going to give this an 8.2. I really like this jersey. Wow. 8.2. Tyler, what are your thoughts on the
2: GOAT jersey in white and gold
0: yeah i don't know what's going on in upper state new york but their goats and buffaloes are two completely different animals so you guys need to figure that shit out maybe go to a zoo once or twice um but i do like this jersey a lot too i i agree with alex i love the logo it pops really well love the colors um it, it, it's it's the overall great jersey um so i'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna give this a solid 7.8 7.8 all right james what do you got i
1: love it it's phenomenal it's 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 great it's a goat jersey Love
2: it. Alex said 8.2, so I'm going to say (laughs) 8.3. It is a solid 6.2 for me, gentlemen. And I will show you why. Because they came out with a true alternate, a full-time alternate, and they brought back the most iconic and greatest Buffalo Sabres jersey of all time in the right colors. And its unfucking un-fucking-believable. And that is deserved of a 9.0. I know we can't comment on it because it's not a reverse retro jersey, but this is their new alternate for for the for the for the rest of you know the recent you know future. And holy fucking shit, they nailed it. That is a 9.0 jersey in my mind. When you add the white jersey with the white pants, you fucked it up. Done. Moving on. Anybody want to comment on that? Why is the why are the colors different? This is the colors. These are the colors that they actually went with back in back in the nineties. Got it. These are the
3: colors they had. Yeah, but that's not reverse. That's just the same thing. No, no, no. This isn't a reverse retro retro jersey. That's why we're not talking about it. That's what I'm saying. They didn't reverse retro it here, but they did. With their actual yeah, I mean, great, but they put white pants on it, so they fucked it up. <laughs> Yo,
1: white up, bro, it's kind
2: of cool. No, it's terrible. Like if you can't. Rush. There's too much That's fucking white. white. This ice Ten is white. Dude. White the ice is fucking white. <laughs> you can't have that much white, and they have white socks. <laughs> it, it's it's unbelievable, and they have to think they have white helmets. It's fucking That's terrible. Amazing. It's so much that. white. It's terrible.
3: They're trying to be dude. They're trying to be sneaky on the ice. Great oh my idea. God, it's, yeah, dude, it's like an camo. Ice I'm it's in. An ice point two moving on, <laughs> moving three, on I to I detroit,
2: guys i don't know we didn't talk about these uh the last set of reverse retros but if you guys saw what detroit did la- last time it literally was a practice jersey <laughs> it was a solid white jersey with a fucking the old the regular red wings logo um and so they needed to do better uh, this is what we have um we'll, we'll just go from there alex is already shaking his head so why don't you start bud what did i give the chicago one again like a Uh, two you gave the chicago one a solid 2.8
3: okay this one's worse oh this is terrible the red wings have one of the most iconic logos in the nhl and instead they went with detroit like we can't read with a bunch (laughs) of stripes and then just left it at that like that's so boring do something different 2.5 i hate this jersey this what this may not
2: be 2.5 okay I'll, i will say that um I, I i forgot to give you guys the history um so they're they're playing homage to their the care. original nineteen <laughs> the 1927 detroit cougars this, this is the this is the jersey that they don't put a cougar on the front that would have been difficult. but they but that jersey did not have a they did not have a cougar on it um it was by cougar i mean a,
3: a, a, a busty lady <laughs> um, i'm not saying that that should that change your should change your your view
2: but um i wish they actually would have went with this 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 i would liked. this that. is the detroit um logo that i love um, anyway uh al i'm sorry tyler what do you got on this one
0: it's horrible i agree um uh, this is like a jersey where you you got you got a, like a little league hockey team whose jerseys didn't come in time and you got one of the team moms that are like I know how to sell and she makes this Jersey and it's just awful. It's just, it's just a bunch of fabric sewn together. It looks, it's just bad. It's just all sorts of bad. It has, it has zero place in a professional locker room. It, it, it It's bad. Like I'm I'm going to give this just, I I guess I'll give it a one, just be just to give it a number, wow. uh, but it's bad. I don't like it. Oh, shit. James, does first... this have
1: any redeeming qualities, James? No, dude, this, this <laughs> reminds me of like the, the Steelers, like Bumblebee retro jersey. <laughs> like, those are trash, too. This it, low key it reminds me of like a jail cell. It looks like an inmate thing, to be honest with you. Like, go to jail. You're wearing this. And that's where this jersey should stay in jail. It's a zero. <laughs> yeah, it's a zero.
3: This is on the Twitter. Only this L, is- we've taken this season because they're terrible. What was he cooking as if the guy who made this up was out of his mind? Everyone hates yeah. this jersey. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna give it, I'm gonna give it just just simply because
2: of the, the the historical connection. I'm just gonna give it a three. I'm gonna leave it at that. Um, not very well liked at all. Um, we we kind of completely shit on that one. The Detroit has so has such a beautiful jersey and and logo and a different logo that they could have went with with for their reverse retro, and they didn't, and that is just a shame and then they got these beauties (laughs) the florida panthers were uh are next um they they have uh brought they have brought their original um shoulder logo to the forefront and they and they just completely had miami throw up all over it with with a nice teal red um gold and blue um accents just like they just like they are have been donning for the longest time except they went with that powder blue which they kind of used um, in between 2009 and 2011, um, in, in in a third jersey's kind of status. So, um, James, I don't
1: think you like it just based I, on your face. I don't know how I feel like for a second, I love it, and then this next second, I'm like, that's gross. The color scheme is weird, man. Like, it, it, it's confusing. That looks like a go- that the hockey stick looks like a golf club from far away, probably. So, I feel like I'm gonna go golf in the sun with a palm tree. That's what I'm feeling right now. I don't I kinda like I kind of hate it. I'm not sure. Uh, mm-hmm. uh seven. <laughs> seven uh Tyler, what do you got
2: on this one?
0: Uh that's a pretty high score for for the reasons you gave. Um I yeah, I don't like it. Um it's a little I don't even know why <laughs> I don't like it. I just don't like it. Uh there's something weird about the logo that that's, that's kind of weird. Like it, it. I feel like it's. There's nothing necessarily wrong with it in general, but for like a professional hockey team, it just doesn't work. It looks. It almost looks like a hockey jersey. They sell like Forever Twenty One or something just for style and fashion. Right, the it's than a like men's league a, jersey. What? Ooh,
3: it's. Wow. It's like
1: a Sunday beer league jersey. Is what it, wow. Like yeah. You guys can wear that on Sundays. Yeah. <laughs> I don't
0: know. It. It's just. Wow. It. it it looks, I don't even, I don't, I'm not really sure. It just looks a little bit too, almost goofy maybe is the right word. I don't, I don't know. It just, it doesn't, I don't, I don't love it. Um. So I'm going to give it a four, two. I do like the colors. Oh the colors are cool, but like just the, everything kind of put together and the design, I just don't love it.
3: Fuck. Uh, Alex. Uh, okay. If they had done instead of the, um, Hockey stick. I almost said golf club. God damn it, James. (laughs) The hockey stick and the palm tree like X across the sun had been the like 90s Panther like pouncing logo because that is one of my all time favorite logos. I love that one on their old jerseys. If that had been in place of that and it was that baby blue, I would probably give this one the best jersey out of all of them. I do. I like it more than you guys do look they're playing hockey in florida it doesn't make sense to begin with so just like let it go you know uh i'm gonna give it a seven point three. three i like it i think it's funny um but i really love that other pouncing like panther logo and i wish they'd gone back to that this jersey is fucking incredible this jersey wow. is fucking incredible it, it this is a
2: 9.2 jersey for me what yes 100 <laughs> percent you, do you, because I have waited so fucking long for them to finally pay re, pay their respects to where they are from. They are from Miami. This looks like Miami. Literally, like. Drunk, got as drunk as I did on Friday night or Saturday night, and threw up on a jersey, and that's what we get. I've been waiting so long to see that. The color scheme is beautiful. I love that fucking logo. Thank fucking lord that they that the Florida Panthers finally made a jersey that just look. I now Tyler or Alex, I do love their logo. I I don't wanna I don't wanna dismiss that, but they've needed to bring this logo. Like this is Miami, guys. This is what this is. This is Florida hockey, and just like Alex said. It doesn't make sense. So don't so just fucking go all in. That's what Vegas does. That's what fucking LA does. They represent where they're from. And fucking A, that's a 9.2 jersey for me. And that's all we got. So with my rating, uh, we like Floridas the best, which I think is not really surprising. Um Buffalo, I'm sorry, Buffaloes. We like Buffaloes the best. Um uh, So there we go. And we absolutely hated, uh, Detroit's like that one got by far, by far the worst, uh, rating. And I think that, I think that that one alone is going to bring down our love for the entire Atlantic. Uh, but that's (laughs) all I got for hockey this week. And when we, uh, next week, uh, we'll probably finish up the Atlantic division with Montreal, Ottawa, Tampa Bay, and Toronto.
0: Um, last thing I have to say trading is, you know, there are native Panthers to Florida region, So that's why they're the Florida Panthers. Um, so, I don't know if you I, that. I, 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 but, but,
3: but it was like, too obvious. Like, but literally,
0: but
2: they haven't. Like, you have to admit, every single jersey that they've had has has not really felt Florida, Miami to me. I mean, it's I agree not, with you on like, that. If I just, doesn't, if nobody doesn't knew have... what hockey was, and nobody knew what, if nobody had any any context, if I should put up an old a regular Panthers jersey, be like. Okay, they're the Panthers, but where? Where are they from? No idea. Yeah. <laughs> I
0: I I do agree that it does have much more of a Miami vibe going jersey on. Jersey is exactly what
2: they, what they needed.
0: Yeah, I I you guys convinced me a little bit with you know kind of the the more Miami vibe going on. It's got that, but I did want to say that you know the Panthers in Florida that is a that is an actual thing. <laughs> um, anyway, yes, uh, thank you, Trading, for that. Love doing those retro jersey grades. Uh, we're taking off our skates and we're putting on our sneakers because we're headed to the hard floor Uh, Alex has his NBA segment when we come back welcome back everybody we have our final segment of episode 124 we're talking NBA basketball with your boy Alex Alex what
3: we got? Yes, basketball. Obviously, I hosted last week. So uh some of these are you know a little backdated, but that's fine, doesn't matter. Uh fantasy update. Your boy won again. He is three and one. Tyler got off the bench. He's got one win. You're one and three. Traded lost, you're back down to two and two. James, you lost to Tyler, so that's embarrassing. <laughs> one and three. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I'm glad that I'm the basketball guy and I have a winning record. Um we're gonna talk injuries to start off. So, kind of a two two big star players got injured. Um, it again, it has been a little while to, just last week, but uh, James Harden and Pascal Siakam were both hurt. Uh, Harden has a right foot tendon sprain. It um, happened about two weeks ago. They're saying about a month uh, is what his kind of time frame might be. Siakam has an adductor strain. They say in two weeks at minimum, but I, you know, the reports are not super great right now. Uh so Ty Ty we'll start with you. Um, which one of these like, well, one, kind of by this point, they can potentially come back at almost the same ish time. Uh, you know, what do you think their prognosis could potentially be? And kind of which one is a bigger deal for their respective teams?
0: Yeah, it was a it's a really good question, Alex. I I went back and forth on this one because I think they're both. They're both pretty bad, obviously, and I think with with injuries and I think where the current teams are at, they're both pretty similar in terms. They're kind of like, kind of not playing at their best. Could be better, Um, but I'm gonna have to pick uh, uh, Pascal on this one, um, just for the fact that I feel like Toronto doesn't have Joe Embiid, and a Joe Embiid, I think he's so good, and especially these last couple games, he's really been really fucking good he can carry the Sixers for a short amount of time versus I don't know if Toronto has that guy. So I think, I, I, I think, I, 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 I think uh, he is that guy for Toronto. Um, so I think, I feel like that's a bigger loss in that sense. I just, I don't think they have that other superstar that can carry the team for a short period of time, even if it beats a week. So, you know, it, and, it, and, it, and it could be the stretch of, of, of time where we, we where kind of look back and like, yeah, we wish they they had him here. So
3: for that reason, I'm gonna go with uh, 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 Pascal on this one. Yeah, that's a that's a really good point. I mean, yeah, Joel Embiid scored 100 points in under 24 hours in back-to-back games, 59 against the Jazz uh, a couple nights ago. Um, and yeah, you're right. Like they still have Maxi, they still have Tobias Harris with Harden out. Trading, you were nodding your head as Tyler was saying his little his little bit. So I'm assuming you agree with him. I. Um, I totally
2: agree. Uh for me, I mean when you have when you have Joel and B uh, the seventy pictures, Tobias Harris, uh PJ uh, they actually are able to score. I mean, we've seen we've seen that they're they're uh they're you know, Joel Embiid and Ty- and even uh Maxi to an extent uh is scoring. Like they're they're actually are they're, they're actually able to score um which means that you have, you know, have a little bit of depth there and I, the, the Toronto Raptors, I mean, God, you know, bless their hearts, but they just don't, they just don't have as much of the scoring prowess of just, at least statistically uh, Nick nurse is always, you know, Nick Nurse is, is, has been given a team that, you know, has a lot of heart, that that work that he he employs a lot of work ethic he employs a lot of athleticism and he gets the most out of his teams but they just are not world beaters after pascal siakam i mean i love freddie van Bleet, he's just like he's not a joel Embiid let's get real here uh uh, scotty barnes another great guy like just it's not he's not he's not that depth guy that that uh you know or i'm sorry he's not that world beater that you get with with uh that the 76ers kind of can lean on while um you know while their hotshot james harden is out so I worry about the the Toronto Raptors without Pascal Siakam because we, we've seen this, we've seen this before. when Pascal Siakam in the past, at least especially last year, and you know, I listened to a lot of tr- Toronto uh, media, when he's not on, the team struggles. And that's that's when he's playing and he's not on. Now, when he's not playing, he's he's obviously not on at all. So you're getting nothing from him. And uh, and just a worry because I just don't know if you're good enough to, to fill that void.
3: Yeah. Um what I heard there is trade loves every Toronto sports team. Um but yeah, Siakam is the guy guy there and even as James Harden is a former MVP, um it's Joel Embiid's team uh in in Philly there, but James kind of your thoughts on the same thing. Potentially what these guys could, you know, what their prog- or like what they could look like when they come back um with these, you know, specific injuries for them.
1: Uh, unfortunately, I agree with both these guys and like As Tyler, before the podcast started, Tyler asked us to be his groomsman. And I was like, I'm not going to take it easy on you. I'm going to still, you know, argue with you. But he has yet to say anything stupid this podcast. So congratulations.
0: That's That's (laughs) a big
1: one. There's still still time. (laughs) Uh, But I just (laughs) want to talk about (laughs) Siakam real fast and the Raptors. Because these guys both talk about Embiid and, you know, how good he is. The Raptors are kind of the leader of list basketball. They're known for having a plethora of big men out there and running with it and being fine with it. And Pascal Siakam is kind of the key to that. Without him out there, that offense is now locked. There's no way to get to that offense without Siakam there. He is the leader of this team, but there's no way to play positionless basketball without him out there. Instead, they have to revert back to the traditional sense of having a one through five, a big man at the five, a small guy at the one. Like, that's what's going to happen. That's what they have to go through without him in there. So that changes the entire landscape of the Toronto Raptors until he's back. So that's why I think that the Pascal Siakam injury is worse than the James Harden injury. Now when it comes to prognosis and injuries, a foot strain for James Harden is going to be tough, mainly because... For basketball, you're on your feet the entire time. What you're looking at, you're looking at a lack of explosiveness. You're looking at a lack of ability to cut or shoot. And this is something that James Harden has kind of been dealing with from the onset. It's been a crying thing going through. And that's what you saw this season. Like James Harden didn't put up 30 balls night after night after night. He reverted more to passing because he couldn't get to the whole, the basket or shoot the three or get off the dribble. So I think until that gets to 100%, James Harden will not be OG, put up buckets, James Harden. In terms of Siaum adductor strains, muscles are tough, especially adductors. Uh, that needs to be at hundred percent before he comes back. If he doesn't, that's a high risk of re-injury. So therefore, he's going to be out a little bit longer than the minimum of two weeks that they said. Uh, but that's in my professional opinion, and also as a podcast. That's my yeah,
3: no, I agree with those. And I mean, with Harden, like we haven't really seen him, OG James Harden, in like two years now. Uh, I feel like we're, we're kind of enjoying the name more than like what he actually brings on the court at this point. Um, obviously the Brooklyn situation was a here. He's coming in kind of overweight, underweight. not, he's not. So uh, I don't, I mean, we don't, as a collective group, we've talked shit about James Harden for a long time now. So I don't think we really care that much, uh, but I hope Siakam does come back. Toronto is a fun team. Um, and Nick nurse has done an incredible job with them. So I hope that Siakam can come back and kind of lead that team again. Um, moving on, we're going out West. So the, the defending champs, uh, they did get a big win last night, but they're six and eight. They're currently in the last play in spot. Um, their starting five has been incredible. Jordan Poole, um, who is, um, kind of going back and forth between the starting five and the bench has been incredible, but the rest of them have been really iffy. Uh, like is it time to, we were getting a little worried about them or are they just is this still a little bit of a hangover uh Trayden, golden oh, yeah. state are you worried yeah oh 100 i'm i i am <laughs> terrified i am terrified
2: um the scoring sucks defensively they rank in the bottom 25 bottom 23 25 um so i mean actually look at their defensive rating they're at 23 excuse me um, offensive rating is 12 this is a team that 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 can score from seemingly anywhere not getting it done Steph Curry is looking fine I mean I'm not worried about him he's he's putting up 31.5 points a game like he's all they have right now I guess outside of uh, Jordan Poole who doesn't play every single minute he's putting up 17 from the bench 17 game, uh, points a night from the bench Klay Thompson 14.7 points like where have you been like I know that, I know that you're, I know that you're still, uh, you know, getting over your, your injury, issues, but fucking not doing absolutely nothing. Uh, Draymond green is, is a pylon at, at, at times. I mean, I, I think that this team is just, it, it, it there's something clearly wrong here. And, um, and you look at what, at, you know, at all these teams that are kind of shaken out. I mean, uh, you know, right now you have the same, same record as the Timberwolves, uh, yeah i guess the only thing that we can that we can hope uh, hope for is the man rocket himself jimmy g shows up to every fucking game with george Kittle and 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 gets everybody fucking going because i mean i would get going if i saw if i saw that guy on the on the uh sidelines uh but fuck he's not gonna be there every time so, so you're gonna have to do it without him boys and i just don't i i look i don't think they're lakers bad but fuck man they need to figure it out because they are in they're they are in deep because there's a lot of teams that are getting better. The Clippers seem to, seem to be a little bit better. Pelicans are uh, seem to be a little bit better. Dallas Mavericks are better. So the Suns are, are pretty good. Like and the fucking Kings are 500 for fuck's sake. Like I, I'm I'm really worried. Genuinely, gen, genuinely.
3: Yeah, James, we talked about this during the preseason. Kind of uh, overview it was like they lost a lot of depth bench guys, and their bench has not been performing. Uh, You know, your thoughts on that. And is it time to switch Jordan Poole and Clay in the starting lineup?
1: Uh, To answer the depth question first, absolutely. That was the wrong move to lose. Those guys elevate your young superstars in Kuminga and James Wiseman, who have not paid off one bit. James Wiseman is not buying into the culture at all. He is pouty on the court. He doesn't get the ball, doesn't run to set screens. He's just been atrocious, and he's worked himself out of the lineup. And now he's in the G League. So that's what happens when you're being a power-entitled young guy. You got to pay your dues. It's got to happen. You got to run the system. You're not the best guy on the court. Steph Curry is. Get that through your head, James Wiseman. Kuminga just hasn't turned out to be what they expected him to be. He's still an athletic freak, but he just, for some reason, isn't gelling with the culture in Golden State. So they needed vets and they didn't really get vets. So that's a huge problem there because now when you take your starting five out and you substitute guys in, the only person off the bench that's doing stuff like you would mentioned is Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole is way more efficient and way more offensively gifted than Klay Thompson is at this point in his career. And I get that Klay Thompson is now like isn't what he used to be because of injuries and yada, yada, yada. And now he's going to to the media and saying I deserve more respect than this yeah you do but also other time is undefeated and when you get injuries your body starts to break down you can't produce at the same rate that's how it happens with every single athlete like the sooner he realizes that and the sooner he realizes that his role is no longer the number two guy because right now the number two guy for the starting five is Andrew Wiggins it's Steph Wiggins Clay is like four honestly like it's not looking good for Clay is it time to put Jordan Poole in the starting lineup instead of Clay I don't think so Cause if you do that, you have no energy. When your five, go off the floor. You got to keep a six man out there and it's gotta, it's going to have to be Jordan pool. Um, so I, I, I keep the starting five, the same way it is, but you really got to add somebody else outside of Jordan pool.
3: Yeah. Uh Ashley just army crawled in here to hand me a bottle of wine. And I just wanted to shout her out for that real quick. Nice, um, <laughs> James, I love everything that you just said. Ty Ty kind of the same questions, like just, as an objective basketball fan not as a lakers fan because i'm sure as a lakers fan you're like fuck the warriors i'm glad that they're struggling as an objective basketball fan your thoughts on the warriors kind of struggles and you know just everything we've kind of talked about so far
0: yeah alex you know me too well um as an objective <laughs> fan i'm honestly not that worried about the warriors um they they're not playing well right now um i think one of the the biggest sets that's that out to me while i was kind of looking at everything uh, is their worst in the league at um at fouls per game, so they're 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 not they're playing a little sloppy right now and, and 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 undisciplined. That's something I feel like can be fixed over time. I feel like that that that's something that you can make the adjustment as, as a coaching staff, as, as a team to play just a little bit cleaner of basketball. You guys have mentioned you know the the defensive training is, is very poor. This team, you know. Trayton, you mentioned the offense. They can still put up points. Um, They are still one of the the better scoring teams in basketball. That's always going to be there. That's kind of always been their thing. They've always just been a a team that's more likely going to outshoot you than they're going to play lockdown defense. That's kind of not really what they've been about. So for me, it's more just the sloppy play. They're also in the bottom third of the league in in, in turnovers per, per game. So for me, it's just the sloppy play. And I feel like that's something that they can correct. It's still very early in the season, so I'm not too, currently too worried about them. I mean, as bad as they've been, they're still in a playoff spot as we talked today. Granted, it, 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 it is the plane at, at, at the 10th spot, but I think by the season's end, they're going to be a top six team in the Western Conference. Um, I think that they'll figure it out. Like I said, they're probably they're not as they're not as great because as you mentioned, the, the depth is not there as it as, as it was last year, but they're still a very good team. I think a top six team in, in in the West. Um, I I feel like they're they're gonna win a playoff series or two. Um, so I'm not that worried about them.
2: Yeah, uh so, really so. quick. Sorry, Alex. No, i go just ahead. Want to echo what James said without trying to take the, the entire mic. James Wiseman needs to be fucking traded. What what he said to the media. After he was sent to the G League, like, oh, this isn't a demotion. Are you fucked? Are you fucked? It is a fucking demotion. It's not – it is not a – it is not a lateral fucking move. You are no longer in the professional league. You need to – like, I I don't understand how you could be so, uh, you know, so, uh, you know, egotistical to believe that that's not a demotion. No, you are being down there because you are not playing – your best game you are thinking you're better than all of this you if i was the if i were the warriors after that comment i would say you're on your on your way out because we the, the warriors are not that type of team they come they they are a team that has always come together from 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 within and this is a guy that thinks he's better than all of that and thinks that being sent to the g league where you're supposed to think that it's a demotion so you so you work harder to get back in the lineup and and that's not your mindset like fuck you james wiseman seriously fuck you
3: i mean uh trading him is probably actually not a terrible idea uh his value has obviously plummeted but if you're looking to add depth pieces you could potentially find a trade partner looking for a very athletic big uh who you know obviously is a former you know top draft pick um I, I'm a, I'm a little worried about them. I was a little worried about them in the preseason because of the depth issues. Uh, you know, Draymond was their kind of defensive guy for a long time. He's not that anymore. We talked about that during the finals. Um, you know, I think we all kind of agreed that they won in spite of Draymond. Uh, he's not, he's not that guy anymore. Um, I love Clay Thompson. I've always really liked him. He's just like James mentioned. He's not that same guy anymore. Those are brutal injuries he's had to come back from. I don't love his comments uh, about wanting more respect. He kind of mentioned that during not being named to the top seventy-five all-time thing. Like Clay, just you do you, baby. Like, don't worry about that outside shit. Like, just do you. Um, I I I still agree that he'll be in a play playoff or play in i don't know if they're gonna be a top six i just think the west has gotten a lot better um but we'll, we'll, yeah we'll have to see it's still early and you still steph which means you should be a contender um speaking of teams that should be a contender with an all-time great the los angeles lakers are technically still a thing uh james they they got a big win over the nets ad had a monster game we've like you see what he can be they're three and ten or whatever the fuck they are. I don't even look at their their uh you know their thing anymore because it's depressing me, but there's been rumors there, you know, they don't have a ton of draft picks. They traded all of them away for AD as a Lakers fan. Thoughts on trading Anthony Davis. There's been a bunch of other teams that could potentially be interested in kind of retooling, uh, just yeah, thoughts on that?
1: I mean, I I Potentially, the season's down the drain. So, like, I like that idea of trading AD, but I also know that you can't because of everything that he's been promised. Uh, that he was promised this team. LeBron's gonna retire eventually, and AD is now the guy in LA. To re- go back on that promise and to trade him away is shows how toxic of a team the Lakers are, and you're not gonna get good free agents if you do that. It shows that promises. Don't mean shit in L.A. And I mean, that is probably the case right now. But the fact of the matter is you can't make it as big as you would by trading AD. Because that is a blockbuster trade. He is one healthy, one of the best players in the league by far. And you saw that against the Nets. He had like 20 and 20, like something crazy like that. Like he was on fire. You can't trade him. You just can't. You can't trade Braun because you can't trade Braun either. And you can't trade Westbrook because his contract is laughably bad and he is trade value is lower than james Wiseman's. so like at this point you got what you got and you just gotta roll with it
3: <laughs> interesting okay i do think they have generally looked better with westbrook on the bench and kind of leading that second unit because he can do russ russell westbrook things um i do have a potential trade idea and tyler i want your thoughts on it and to be fair, this isn't my idea. I saw it somewhere on the interwebs. But Anthony Davis is from Chicago. Trade him to Chicago. They've got picks. You could get Zach Levine potentially back in that trade, a UCLA guy. They could That would pair a lot better or potentially pair well with Braun. You can't trade LeBron. He's kind of like Otani. He brings in the most money in the NBA. It doesn't matter if he's playing or not. Just, and, and again, as also this time, be objective as fuck. <laughs> Thoughts on trading AD.
0: Yeah, at first I'm just like, I, I don't know. But at the same time, like, you know, the last couple of years with him has not, not been great. Um, I don't hate the idea of trading him the more and more I think about it. Um, I was also looking on the interweb for her trade ideas. And I'm actually going to cite my sources on this one. Uh, this is from uh Damon allred of SBNation.com. just because I'm not a basketball mm-hmm. GM I don't know the first thing to how to what, what what a good trade is what a good trade is not so I'm I'm, I'm gonna give him some credit on this one he, he 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 laid out four trades uh but this is the one that I feel like I like the most um okay. and this would this would be a trade involving the uh, Charlotte Hornets uh so ad goes to the Hornets in return the Lakers get Gordon Hayward PJ Washington a 2023 first and second round pick. What I like about the trade is that it arguably makes you a little bit better. They get better shooting at least. I don't know if that makes them a, a playoff contender with that trade, but at least give you some some better shooting, um, some potential guys that you can maybe you know keep around for a little bit longer, and it gives you some draft picks in return. Um, I think for the Lakers, that's a big key because they have like zero draft picks ever. The Lakers are shit at drafting anyway, but at least it gives them an opportunity to try and make better at that. Um, the other trades never involved draft picks, they were just kind of you know, straight up you know, uh, player trades. Um, but that one from the ones that I saw was the one that I if that actually went down. If you actually got some draft picks in return, then I feel like a little bit more comfortable with that. Just the fact that they can kind of boost up, get some more younger talent to kind of reinfuse this Lakers team
3: because I feel like that's kind of what they need. Okay, I did see another one. Um, it might have actually been that same article. Uh, now that i think about it where they trade or it might have been a bleacher report one they trade anthony davis to atlanta get a bunch of picks back including like josh collins and some other guys and then flip those picks for bradley beal if somehow that one works out i'm super into that idea hmm. trade in you obviously just said trade james wiseman james mentioned it we you can't trade lebron yeah. like you just You can't, unless you're the Oilers and you trade Gretzky. Like, what a bunch of fucking idiots. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, that's a money issue. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of, it's, Braun is sort of a money issue as well. Like, he's owed a shit ton of money. It's his team. He's 38. If, well, one, I want your thoughts on trading Anthony Davis. And I know this is kind of unprompted because I just thought about it. But, like, if they do trade AD, like, Braun's been out for a couple games now. Can LeBron at thirty-eight? We've obviously talked about him as being like sort of the one guy, other than Brady, to maybe kind of sort of beat Father Time, or at least like give him a run for his money. Uh, like, can he like still lead a team like this, or is it we're we're past that point? Um, I think that he could lead
2: a team. I mean, it's LeBron James. I mean, I you know I have no, I have no other reason to believe that he can't do that. I, this isn't vintage. LeBron James, though, I mean, we have to, we have to know that. I mean, it's he's 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 just not able to play at the same, same level. It's just because of because of the because of the uh, age thing. I mean, he he he's just not what he was back with the the Heat or the the Caps. I mean, he's not. Uh, but he it, but he knows. Back, he's probably he has morphed his game a little bit to even to even make himself more efficient, make him a better leader, who is always on the court. Uh, when he can be and you know i think that he has the ability to to lead a team sure uh I, I i don't know if it if a trade's gonna be enough to put them over the top but maybe it is uh i saw one i saw one article say that anthony davis to the aforementioned um raptors which would be kind of interesting there's they have a bunch of young they have a bunch of young players um and you could go and you can send a pick with them too the problem is if you're a raptors fan you say oh no fucking way because your young core and, and is, is what's going to lead you, you know, going forward. I wouldn't do that, but maybe if the, maybe if the Raptors are like, fuck it, we're going to go all in right now. Uh, and you know, you're, you're okay with mortgaging a little bit of the future for, for Anthony Davis. Now. I mean, the thing is that Anthony Davis would be on a team that doesn't have any players that are ball dominant. I mean, Pascal Siakam is, is the guy, but he, but he can, you know, he's that perimeter shooter. He can help out in that respe- respect, He's a good defensive guy, um, and then AD um it kind of fits in and is and you know he can he can kind of command a little bit more and he's not he's not fighting for elbow room with fucking Russ and, and LeBron. So me, I mean, I don't know if it's a perfect fit. Um, if I'm Toronto, I'd be re- I'd really think about the mortgaging of the future thing. But if if I'm the Lakers, I I I, I pick up the phone and and give him a call.
3: I do kind of like that. Um, I think that you want the actual players that it said because maybe that'll help.
2: Uh sure if you got it up. Um uh, O.G. and an Anon Anonobi, just start
3: yeah just oh, just, just go Thaddeus
2: to. Young, uh Otto Porter Jr. and Precious uh Ach- 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 ah. <laughs> Bless you. Those yeah. those were some toughies so I I don't blame you. OG- and a future first round pick like whatever year that is. Oh that is a haul. That's a haul. Oh, but it's uh, gonna be a haul. It's Anthony Davis, guys. I mean, <laughs> yeah,
3: you got it. you gotta get a haul for him. Um I think the Lakers kind of have two directions they can go. If they want to trade, I guess three. You keep A D, you hope something changes. Number two, you you trade A D in a in a trade that is a help now kind of mode, which I think uh you know could potentially happen with with like a Chicago or Atlanta, or maybe even like a Knicks trade, or you do kind of the Tyler route and you kind of trade for the future and hope that, you know, these picks come into something. The Lakers are generally good at drafting players. You just have to wait five or six years for them to turn into what they turn into. Uh, You know, who knows what this team would be like if they didn't make the AD trade and they had all those draft picks they'd picked earlier, but um. I don't know one other kind of interesting thing I saw just about Anthony Davis. The Lakers are worried that if they fall into that lottery pick, that lottery pick goes to the Pelicans. And if they get the number one overall pick, they are getting Wemby from good old France and like dude, Wemby and Zion on the same team together. Like I'm kind of into it. So I sort of (laughs) hope that happens as an NBA fan, (laughs) as a Laker fan, not great, but, uh, Tyler. That's all I got. I think these, like all of these topics, I think are really interesting. You guys did a great job. Um, I, Who knows? <laughs> Just, I don't know. For sure. We
0: got to love it. Thank you, Alex. Uh, talking about the NBA. Uh, it, it's crazy, man. Sports are, lo- we got to love it. They keep us on our feet, keep us talking. Uh, I guess that's why we're still doing this shit, you know, three years later, or whatever, however long we've been doing it. Uh, but we thank you guys for, for continuing to listen, continuing to share our podcast We really appreciate it. I know our views are going up and up, so we really appreciate you guys sharing it with your friends and family. Uh, Hopefully we bring you the great content you deserve every week. Uh, Thanks again for listening. Um, Have a great week and we'll see you next time.